0: So hello and welcome to this special lockdown version of The Generation Gap, which is a podcast. Um, I'm Clive Glover and I'm a person who was a young person in the 1970s. And each week on this programme, I talk to someone who is of a different generation. We compare our notes and see if we agree or disagree with each other. So today I'd like to welcome Chloe. Uh, Not your first time, is it, Chloe?
1: No, it's not I've been before.
0: You have before. So therefore, you're a veteran of this programme. Yeah. Um, and today today we're going to talk about surveillance, which is quite a serious subject. And it's one we were going to talk about some weeks ago when, when we still had access to the studios, but we never quite got there. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we what we decided was that we would talk about it now in particular, because it's come up again in a different guise, in particular, to try and be a way of dealing with this um, virus problem we have at the moment. So let's start. Now, what do we mean by surveillance? Um, Basically, one of the things I want to ask you first, Chloe, is that Mm. um, there's an impression, I think, that young people don't really care about privacy or privacy. I never know which one's the right word. Mm. Um, And because, you know, you put loads of stuff on Facebook and everything else, and you put pictures of yourself and all your friends and so on, and you don't worry about it. I'm not talking about you personally, but I mean, your generation. And so in this case, older people like me are a bit worried about this because think, ooh, dear, you know, we're telling people things we shouldn't like. Hey, we're all on a holiday in Spain now, so go and rob our house. Yeah. <laughs> um, so do you worry about the fact that somebody may be a- able to track you by your phone um, all the time, wherever you go with it?
1: Well, what you were saying about younger people don't care so much, I don't think it's so much that. I think it's more we like it on our own terms. So personally... I will post, say, a picture with a friend and um, and say, oh, this is what we got up to on the weekend. But that will be my choice. But for instance, if I found out someone was tracking my phone, finding out where I was going, that's when I'd have the problem. And I find especially with like with my grandparents, for instance, they're the worst at going on Facebook and posting, I'm going on holiday here, here and here, oh no one's in the house, and I have to call them up and say, Delete that post immediately because you've tagged me in it and you've tagged me in people that you don't know. So you should really get rid of that right now. So um so yeah, in regard in regards to that, I think that's the difference in the generation. I think the, the older generation um hasn't been brought up in it, but we have. So so we're not as worried about it but we we know how to control it better i think
0: okay so you understand what's going on is what you're saying really yeah
1: yes. so so we're a lot okay. more comfortable with it because we've, we've been brought up around it a lot more i think
0: okay well the, the original um idea for this program was when i saw an article which was about um, a whole series of articles in the new york times last year mm. and they basically uh, had a whistleblower give them a usb stick with data on it uh, of tracking of various mobile phones um, in america but actually in washington dc mm-hmm. and this data was all basically just saying you know there's a a phone here, and it went there, and it went there, and it went there, and it's got the time on it. But, of course, um, the company that provided it said, well, it's... It's anonymized, I think is the word. Mm -hmm. So you don't know who these people are. You just know there's a phone that's gone between A and B and then on to C or whatever. But the New York Times set their journalists on it. And very quickly, they started being able to find out exactly who these people were. And I think of it, supposing we're tracking your phone. Now, we don't know about you, but we see that it spends its nighttime in a particular place, a location which we can track, which obviously is your house. Yeah, then in the mornings it goes out and it's driven off for a few miles to go to somewhere else and then um, perhaps that's a school for example and then after that it leaves the school and goes on to an office and so you therefore have three locations and it was in America where it's very easy to do a reverse lookup of phones and things like this. So you can find a house, you can find out who lives in that house. And they found this was, you know, some cases because it was Washington, it's quite senior figures, for example, who worked in the Pentagon. And so they knew this was major general so-and-so and he took his daughter to school. And then he went on to work and, in the pentagon and they could track where he went and which rooms he went to in the building Mm. even that that close and then when they started doing this for hundreds of people they they had people working in the white house they were tracking and you think my goodness this is a bit scary and then you find out that the people who actually gave this um details to them actually was from quite a small company who they'd never heard of and you'd never heard of it wasn't some big company you might think would be able to track you so this is what's quite worrying, because then you find out there's actually hundreds of companies doing this tracking for various reasons. Yeah. How, how Have I got you more scared now? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it, it it is concerning. I'll agree with that definitely, because um, I, as because I remember I I read this article. She sent it to me as well because they said as well. The amount of times you download an app and it says this gives you this long, you need to tick this to say you've agreed to the terms and conditions. No one reads the terms and conditions. Let's be honest. A lot of people just go, great, whatever. I mean, a lot of people are like, as long as my friend has this app or it's been recommended to me through I don't know, an advertisement on TV, people automatically think it's safe. And therefore, OK, great. I'll just download it because it must be OK. So the click, fine, agree. And they don't know what they're agreeing to. And a lot of this is so they can follow you around
0: exactly in fact there are some apps where you specifically um, use them to follow around or so you sit in a cafe and it tells you how many other people in the cafe are basically on there and you can actually find out who they are Mm. and then if you want to go and talk to them for example say oh I've just seen who you are um, which I think is rather scary I mean it seems to me obviously if you start with this you know surveillance it's the kind of thing you see in these sort of TV detective series the first thing about some crimes being committed and some junior person there sitting at the computer who said oh find out this detail their phone. Yeah. And they come back and say, you know, they, they phoned these people or they went to this place. And you just accept well, that's something the police can do. Mm-hmm. And you'd accept them, other people, you know, the security services, if they think you're a, a criminal or you're a terrorist or something. Obviously, we all say, well, of course, they should be able to track them. Yeah. And then you'd accept that perhaps the phone companies can do it because obviously they're running the phone system. So they must know these things. And then we also know that the big companies like the Apples and Googles of this world can do it because they run the operating systems for your phones. Yeah. But over and above that, you find there's these little companies who do this. And I'll tell you why they do it, actually, or why they claim they do this. Um, and they, they're basically advertising companies. And what they do is they track um, people to find out which shops you go to and where you, you know, how far away you might come to travel to a particular shop. If it's a specialist shop, for example, not one that's in every high street, then they find out how far away people might come to go to it um, and this sort of thing. So that's the argument. But of course, it is this business that it's, they're saying that you can't see who these people are, mm. whereas quite clearly it's very easy to find out who these people are because everyone has a unique journey, which yeah. starts at your home. Yeah. And if you can track down where people live effectively, it's pretty damn easy to find out wh- who they are.
1: Well, that's the thing. Like When you were saying about, like, for instance, the FBI, and the MI5, listening in on my phone calls and following me, I I personally have no problem with that because if that stops terrorism, if that helps our country's safety, then go for it. Have a quick look, make sure I'm safe and carry on with your day. I'm fine with that. But the fact that we, as individual people like with Apple we are able to track each other's phones for instance the other day I was discussing this topic with my uncle and um, and he said to me oh yeah it's amazing these days how you can just track somebody's phone and, and because of course he um, uh, he bought like a package for him and his three children and his wife um, for um, all of them to have the same phone all have iPhones he sat there in front of me and said right let's see where they all are and he was able to tell me that my aunt was on a coffee date with some of her friends that her, his son was at college that his um, uh, that, uh, that the other two were at school. I mean, it was absolutely madness, and was absolutely uh, actually able to tell me exactly where they were. And obviously, as a father to keep an eye on his family, that's fine. But that kind of information can anyone can get a hold of that? You know, anyone can find you by using these apps. Isn't
0: that isn't that one where the person who's being tracked has to actually sort of opt into it? So they let, yes p- give permission, do. which obviously in a family situation, presumably people will be happy to do. But that's I don't safe, think yeah. in principle anyone can just go in and look at it I I couldn't track down where you are now
1: but I'm not a very clever I'm not a very clever person with tech, but there are people out there who are very clever with tech, who can hack into things, who can figure that out. But then for instance, if you have things like Snapchat, for instance, I have Snapchat, all my friends have Snapchat. If you go on the Snapchat maps, you can actually see exactly where your friends are, and not only where they are, but when they were last at that point. So say for instance they've turned their data off like 20 minutes ago, but the last time they had their data on, they were in a certain location. You can see exactly where they are and zoom straight in to the exact building. Now, of course, you can go into your personal settings and change this so that only certain people on your Snapchat stories will know where you are. But if you don't change it, every single person you've ever added on Snapchat will be able to see where you are. And if a lot of young people are listening right now, I'm sure many times on a night out, you meet a good looking guy, you meet some friends that you've never met before. You add them on Snapchat because it's an easier way than giving them out your phone number. But that then is then you are giving these people your location.
0: Wow, I've only vaguely looked at snapchat and i must admit it didn't really excite me very much so i deleted it but Mm. that's impressive that's incredible well again that's just using the same thing it's the location data on your phone yes and i after i read that article i did go through on my phone and looked at every single app settings and then turn them all off for location except the maps which is sensible Mm. because i need that but then then you can do it so only when you're using the app it comes on and, and it says where you are Which, again, seems to be a sort of limitation, at least I think so. Um, But I don't know. Anyway, let's go on to something else, because there's other ways that you are being surveyed, if that's the right word. Yeah. For example, CCTV cameras. Now, I don't know if you know this, but apart from China... The UK is the country with by far the most CCTV cameras. We have them everywhere. Mm-hmm. And if you if you go around looking in, in London, I mean, most streets have them. And of course, um, shops have them. And the shops often have a, a camera looking out from their door as well. So that if someone has done a robbery and run away, they've got a picture of them running away, that sort of thing. So... I just imagine a little journey and I I sort of went through this. I actually went to a couple of um, stations (laughs) at one time when I was at one of the state local stations, I looked where all the cameras were and I was a bit shocked how many there were. So let's imagine that I'm commuting to London. So I go to my nearest train station, as you would call it. I call them railway stations still, but you young people call them train stations. Um, And (laughs) sorry, (laughs) that's one of the things that bugs me, you see. Um, So I go to my local Thameslink station, obviously. Um, I park in the car park there. When I go into the car park, there's a camera which registers cars coming in, um, or at least it films them coming in. I think it gets their number plate, but it doesn't actually read the number plate, which some do, which is called Automatic Number Plate Recognition Systems. Um, But I park there. I then walk into the station. When I get to the ticket office, there's cameras there. There's cameras behind the guy in the ticket office as well, looking out to me. And actually, sort of as I go through the barriers, there's obviously cameras. There's cameras on the platforms, there's cameras on the trains. When I get into London, St Pancras, get out, there's cameras everywhere. And um, then, of course, if I go down into the underground, there's cameras on each platform there and on each train. Um, I reckon that there's probably about 30 cameras I'd go through traveling, say, from here to Oxford Circus, somewhere like that. Um, and all of those are you know, high-definition colour pictures of me. Now, am I worried about that? I don't know. Um, possibly not. I don't really care if people know that I've been traveling to Oxford Circus now in addition to that I had bought a ticket obviously or have a season ticket or an oyster card I put those in and out of the barriers and they're unique to me because when you sign up for a, a season ticket or an oyster card you have to give in your name address email phone number and whatever so they actually know who I am and I've gone through the barriers hmm. so someone could match the photographs of me walking through there at the same time I went through the barrier they'd recognize who it was yeah yeah so that's quite a lot of information about me for that one little journey I'm making. Because yeah. lot most people commute five times a week.
1: Mm. No, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's interesting. I, I must say, I didn't realise to what extent the CCTV situation we had in this country until I watched the show Hunted on Channel 4. Have you ever seen it? No,
0: I haven't, but I've seen about it, yes.
1: No? No, yeah, so the idea is that, you know, they send about eight people out. They're now, like, convicts, and they have to go on the run for um 30 days and uh, they gotta escape the hunters basically but it showed that anywhere you go motorways like roads anywhere they will be able to pick up on you and 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 track you and follow you around no matter where you go especially public transport like train station buses all of that all of them have it so it's amazing that they can track people and grab people that quickly just by a simple little tip off like getting on a train but i mean it's in that situation, I'm not as concerned with that because, again, it's, it is a bit like, you know, Big Brother's watching you, but it is for the safety of our country. And considering there are so many dangers out there and so many people who are out there who want to do bad things, and there are so many cases that we probably don't hear about because people are so on it and keeping an eye on CCTV, CCTV footage so often, that, I mean, for the sake of the safety of the country, I'm not too worried. The only time when I find it really weird is when they put cameras in toilets and they put them like, I mean, when I, when, um, uh, I was at school, um, in the, in the toilets, not actually in the cubicles, but in the toilets in the corner where you can see where the girls are washing their hands, they had cameras in there. Really? Now, Mm. not, not too sure why they did that. I mean, I don't know if they've been bullying in there or whatever, but in that respect, it's just a bit like, that's a bit too much into privacy in, in my personal opinion. I mean, obviously councils, if they put them in like public toilets might do it for, you know, for reasons to keep an eye and fine but i don't know personally i think that's just going a bit too far into people's privacy
0: i don't think i've ever seen cameras in a toilet so maybe it's only the women they do that for maybe, I don't know. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> um, okay there's one extra thing to this which is about cameras at the moment most of the cameras yeah. basically take a video surprise surprise they don't do sound generally although some of them yeah. they've tried out using uh, microphones with them and they put them in the middle of streets where perhaps places where young people congregate and have rows or something, or there's been fights, you know, maybe outside pubs or clubs or something. Um, And they were then taken away because people complained about that rather a lot. So there was a sort of, they'd gone one stage too far. But there is a big stage Mm. much further, which has been tested. And again, in China, this is something they're using really seriously, which is facial recognition. So that means not only is there the photograph of you on the video, that they actually recognize this is you know this is chloe and we've got her facebook page and her this that and the other um and they so they know all those things and they can link all the data together and that's the that's the issue which i think becomes really quite serious in terms of surveillance because obviously Mm. if you if they suspect you're a criminal for some reason and they're tracking you we both agreed that's you know, okay, but I don't suppose you are, and you're going to say that obviously no. you're a perfectly normal innocent citizen who just goes about her daily duty and t- does whatever you want go to this shop or whatever. There's no reason why anyone would be worried about what you're doing, yeah, but what they do of course, is mass surveillance everybody on the basis that there may be somebody who they're trekking or they want to track or find who's happens to be around in the same place you are now. one of the things about this is that um with the artificial intelligence systems are using ai obviously if you're walking along a busy street say somewhere or in a shopping center you don't know there may be somebody in that shopping center at the same time as you who is someone that they're, they're chasing or they're looking for or they're tracking and you might be very close to them you might you know barge into them or something like that or you might exchange mm. a word or exchange a little smile with them or something like that as they walk past And that's all caught. And they may think that you are therefore a bit suspicious because it appeared you interacted with them in some way. And this then becomes a record that there's this suspicious person called Chloe who is in fact possibly associated with these terrorists or burglars or whatever it is. Do you you get what I mean? Yeah. And that's a sort of computer association. And this is not totally a random thing. There was an example, which I think I mentioned on this program before, of a woman who happened to be a journalist who um, got married and on her honeymoon she went and stayed in a hotel, parked her car in the hotel car park, unsurprisingly. And Mm. as it happened, it was in Holland, the Dutch um, intelligence people were trying to track somebody who they found had actually stayed in the same hotel that same evening. So they took down the numbers of all the cars parked in that car park, including this woman's. And so therefore she was flagged up as being a possible terrorist associate.
1: Right,
0: And then when she went for a job, she was told she was definitely the best candidate, but they couldn't employ her because MI5 had told them that she was a terror suspect. Now, oh, really? Yeah, now, as she was a journalist, obviously, <laughs> she didn't let that lie down and, and track down what had happened. But it's just one of those things, yeah. it's the kind of thing that can happen without people realising because, you know, you just happen to be on the same train, same bus, walking along the same street as somebody that they're tracking
1: well i tell you what i mean i have heard cases like that um in regards to like also then like names getting stopped i i i know someone who didn't get a job um with a high government job because she had the same name as somebody who was convicted and was on the run and had all, all these other problems behind them and they um because she had the same name and it matched it meant that she didn't get the job so i mean it's it's real fluke things that the, these kind of things happen and, and with but with the face recognition i mean the fact that like i mean it, it, again it's so accessible for people day to day as well now like the fact that your phone i mean my phone now as, as, as soon as i show my face it, it knows exactly who i am i mean that's kind of weird i mean and also the fact i'll show it to my sister and uh, my sister looks quite alike to me and it and it it will realize the difference I mean it's getting very clever technology and it's coming very in handy but in regards to I mean uh in regards to the scenario you're saying about like in a shopping center you just happen to pass somebody and smile at them who's a, a suspect yes that could cause issues for you but again my argument is like it's it's trying to help look at the bigger picture really although it shouldn't really be messing around with your career like that it should be a there should be a crack team who actually says right no that, that we're going to cancel them out
0: Right, but that's the trouble. If you're basically watching everybody, you've got millions, literally, of records all the time. Mm. And obviously, you know, right, as we're speaking at the moment, there's umpteen thousand cameras videoing people. There probably aren't very many people in the cameras at the moment in these streets, but. No, not many. But I mean, basically, in normal times, shall we say. Um, because yeah. um, there was a big fuss last year. Somebody set up a facial recognition system outside King's Cross Station in London. And Mm. I think it's like a million people a day walk past it and they were tracking people on that and they they were – Um, we we didn't quite find out exactly what they were doing or even who was doing it because there's no actual law at the moment which regulates um, facial recognition systems although there's all sorts of other laws about data protection and the company concerned it it was a coincidence it happened just at the time when google opened up their headquarters nearby there but it definitely wasn't them They, they were very adamant it wasn't them doing this but it was some other company that admitted they were doing it but they didn't say why and the fact that you know, some little unknown company can just set up a camera somewhere and do all this facial recognition stuff is a bit worrying to me because obviously they can then yeah. associate it with all the other records. Um, you mentioned your phone phone recognizes you. Is that because you've got the um the camera thing that turns it on rather than your fingerprint?
1: So it's got both. Well, actually, it's got either you do a pin, you do thumb scanner, or it scans your face. Um, this, the face scanner, though, seems the quickest way to get in it. As soon as it sees me, even if I don't want to unlock it half the time, it just unlocks itself. But you have to swipe up then to unlock it. So it's not like it will just unlock all the time, because that would get very annoying. But um, but yeah, it, it does have all that built in.
0: But this is where, for example, it recognizes you, even if you've got no makeup on, or if you have got makeup on, or if you're wearing a, yeah. wearing a hat or whatever.
1: I don't know. I don't know if I should take it a bit of an insult, but when I'm doled up, it recognises me. And when I look terrible, it recognises me. But, like, do, does is there much of a difference between that? I don't know. It's just, you know bit offensive really I mean actually I prefer it if my phone in the morning when I don't recognize you like thank you very much I appreciate that <laughs> but no there you go yeah
0: but this is the point it, it's um now I keep telling people no one listens to me but on Twitter and Facebook they keep running these competitions you know put a picture of yourself mm. when you were 10 put a picture of yourself 20 years ago yeah. this kind of stuff and people do this quite happily oh that's a bit of fun what they don't realize is that the companies are using that to actually sort of calibrate their facial recognition system because they see you when you were 10 years ago or whatever it is and now and they can make sort of uh, changes to their system to recognise the same person. Oh, wow. Yes. I'm very suspicious of these people, you see. Um, it,
1: yes, you are very suspicious of this, aren't you?
0: <laughs> it, 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 it first was actually when I was doing um, something with this this programme and obviously we always put photos of the people involved onto our uh, Twitter Page or whatever. And I put something on Facebook at the time with a, a new presenter who was working with me, and it instantly put up her name on it. And I thought, well, how does it know that? And of course, she has a Facebook account. Um, but mm. I was just amazed that it instantly picked up and put her name by it. And I thought that's a bit impressive. Um, but of course, uh, on my phone, I, I've got an iPhone as well. I don't have the facial recognition, but all the photos have been classified now, so I can actually look for people by name. And it shows all the photos which they're in. So it's the same thing, really. But that is confined to my phone or my computer. It's not something that is going back to um, some big central database, as far as I know, anyway. Well,
1: that you know of. Yeah.
0: Well, Apple swear they don't do that, but I'm not quite. Well, okay, I'll trust
1: them. Yeah, I don't really believe Apple on that one. It's just like with all of them, really. that, Oh, we don't do that. No, of course you don't. No, it's, it's always everybody else, isn't it?
0: Well, the thing is that in China, Now, China's got something like 1.4 billion people and they've already Mm. um, done a facial recognition system for something like 800 million people there. It's compulsory. The government is doing it. And so all these people have their facial um, profile recognized and it's being used as part of a sort of control system. So they recognize these people when they go out or when you don't go out or whatever, where you've gone, who you're associating with. And it's part of this system which they're supposed to be switching on quite soon where you get rewarded for doing good things or not doing bad things. But if you do something which the government doesn't like you doing, then you get punished. And the punishments affect not just you, but your family. So you might lose your job, or your children might suddenly be taken out of the school they're at and sent to a worse one or this kind of thing, and it's a sort of controlling mechanism mm. for the entire society. Now, obviously, that's a horrendous thing to think about from our perspective, but it is it's something which is being done in China, and you can't rule out something like it happening in other countries, even maybe here.
1: See, Yeah, see, that's the thing. I think there is going to be a bit of a point in anything in history that's proved that it's just going to get to a point where everyone's going to go, okay, I've had enough now. This this is going way too far, and it is it is getting ridiculous in that respect. I mean... I personally, I think I'm a bit old fashioned. Like I, I, have my tech or whatever, but like I'm not as up to date as everybody else at my age. I, I would admit to that. And I personally, seeing the fact that a person. C- will is controlled to that extent as I said I'm not too bothered about someone scanning my face and knowing who I am running around about to stop crime and to and to protect our country that's fine but if someone then called me and said oh by the way you've gone here here I'd have a problem with that like for instance if like someone like people were getting very paranoid with what's going on with the coronavirus at the moment thinking oh what if they tracked my phone and then I got a call from the uh, the government because there was that scam going around where people were getting emails saying we've tracked you've gone here here and here therefore you owe us a fine of 200 pounds to the government and people were paying it. I mean, disgusting, really. But people were freaking out that much that they were that on it. And if someone turned around and said to me, you've gone here, here, and here, that's when I would get my back up and say, no, no. How, that's not your business my business is i know what i'm doing and there's no reason for you to get involved in that and that, i think that's when it's going to go way too far and I, I i must say i don't agree with the chinese doing that really
0: right well obviously the chinese have a different form of government to us shall we say and that's they can they get do. away with it uh, okay well let's go on to something else now uh, which we probably sort of end up end up on this one um The Mm. the whole business about people being tracked on their phones was quite a surprise to lots of people. And probably lots of people still don't really understand this or know about it. Um, But the companies concerned, or the big companies, Apple and Google specifically, have now approached governments in this country and other countries, including the US and across Europe, and said, well, actually, that mechanism, the find my phone or find my family member type thing, which you mentioned earlier, could be used Mm. to help track the virus. And what they've suggested and what they're working on, and apparently they're working on this rather hard, a joint team of from Google and Apple. So obviously sort of top notch team of people doing this and want to do it quickly, is to develop a tracker which everyone would download on their phone and works by Bluetooth rather than the phone card system. So Bluetooth mm. is a, a short range system. It works up to about 10 meters. So it would where you walk into a a shop or something it will know who is near you um within the 10 meters in terms of their bluetooth uh record or the bluetooth number i don't quite know how it works but it's, it's not the name of the person you'd know but it's just that those people have been near you or, or you have been near them and then in future i mean every day you have to report in on this system saying i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine and then one day you might put in and say oh i've got a headache or i've got this or got that symptom so they might think "Ooh, perhaps you're coming down with the virus at which Mm. point they would send out an alert to all the people who you've been close to by this bluetooth measurement over the past week or two weeks whatever they decide and so that's a system which then tells you "Oh, you've actually been accidentally near someone with the symptoms and potentially got the virus you need to stay at home now and that's really what they want to do to, to keep trying to track track the spread of the virus. Because the alternative would be to do thousands and thousands of tests every day, which obviously in some countries they've been doing a lot more testing than they have here. But whatever the reason, it may be easier to do this with a phone. It won't be compulsory. We can't make it compulsory in this country. So it'll be volunt- voluntarily. Uh I think I think mm. I would download that. I, I would be happy with that. But I would also want to know that at the end of all this, when you don't need to track things anymore, it would all be the data would all be thrown away or, or Deleted, and I'm not sure that would necessarily be the case.
1: No, there's no, there's no guarantee for that at all, really, not at all. But also, what you're saying is, if this app is the case, then it's depending on people to be honest and to say, oh, I have a tickle in my throat. But say for instance, someone is commuting in every day and they're the only bread uh, winner in the family because everyone else has been furloughed or you know written off. Then that means that you know they're the only ones bringing in the money. They they might pretend that they're fine they might they might literally just have a, a cough and not feel great um which is the symptoms and most people uh, a lot of people who have had the coronavirus who've not even noticed have literally just had a cough they might keep that little bit of information quiet so they can carry on working so you know, that's that's a bit of a yeah i don't know i wouldn't fully trust that information
0: okay but obviously there's trust involved all around and i suppose that there's yeah. a sort of feeling i hope for most people that we would like to help deal with this situation because we're all in it together and all that stuff and so theref- therefore yes. if this actually is something which will help you know we'd be willing to do it and as you say there may be reasons why people would say um not to tell the truth because uh, mm. but uh, you know you have to assume they will <laughs> um yeah so would you would you, you download you it saying though like sorry
1: well, as you were saying about it, wasn't it the fact that you know it only works within ten meters of the Bluetooth? So it is literally if you bump into somebody who ha- has it and then reports it. And you were saying to me earlier that you know you'll then get, say, a message like like, and it will say within the past three days you've been in contact with someone with coronavirus. You better go inside. But the problem is, it's I mean just because you've been near someone with the virus doesn't necessarily mean you're going to catch it. So um so people might ignore that fact and and and, um and keep and think to themselves well you know I might just keep going then if I do show any symptoms then I'll go in but um but uh, I don't know see as but back to your point though about the fact that they might keep that information and they might then keep tracking you afterwards so in in which case I probably would download it for the sake of the country and to you know get this sorted a lot quicker but at the same time i would be pretty much sure that they would carry on tracking my phone and probably accept that fact because I don't think they would let go of that kind of information.
0: Presumably, if at the end, you could delete the application and think that presumably it wouldn't continue to track you.
1: But that's the thing, as, as as you pointed out, there are so many small companies that manage to latch onto your information. And I mean, just because you delete something doesn't necessarily mean it's completely wiped from your phone. I mean, if you go back onto your apps, it could say you can reinstall things, you know, and if you have an account set up, that account is still there and it's still below the surface so I don't think with these phones, I mean, I'm not a tech person, but I don't think with these phones, when you delete something, it's completely gone. I think it, is, it still saves your information. It's still up there in the universe of technology. And um, and for a company to get that kind of information, for people so willingly to go, okay, great, take it, find out where I am whenever you want, I think that would just be too much of gold dust for them, really.
0: Well, the other thing is I think that in the case of someone like yourself, you know, you're young, you're starting out in your career and all the rest of it, the thing is, this is probably going to be kept forever so that there may yes. be something happens in 20 years' time and suddenly they'll go back and say, Oh, but you know, you did this or you went there or you said this. And that's, that's the sort of thing that yeah. comes back to haunt you. It's the thing I always.
1: Well, it can. I mean,
0: yeah. yeah. Which thing I told people.
1: So I was just saying, and um, well, a lot of celebrities have had that problem, haven't they? Where they've gone on, uh, like they've they've become famous through on X Factor or Britain's Got Talent, whatever. They posted something back when they were fourteen, fifteen years old, when they didn't understand the world, and people have like brought it up like ten years later and said, "You said this." It's like he was a kid. I was. He's supposed to know any better, you know? They they were able to find this information and bring it back out, and that's what they can do with the phones as well.
0: Well, I mean, it's said these days when. It, people are recruiting they always do a quick check on your facebook and instagram so yeah. you know, if when you were 17 you went out with all your friends and got a bit um merry shall we say in a nightclub and then mm. fell out and took lots of photos of yourself that's going to come back and haunt you it is rather than saying oh yeah well everybody when they're 17 18 whatever does that kind of stuff that's like oh you know mm. Ooh, not sure about this person
1: yeah but in regards to Facebook, though, you can set it to private. So the only thing people can see on your Facebook is your profile picture now. And that is it. And and also birthday congratulations. I think that's all you can see if you go on someone's Facebook profile that you're not friends with. So, um, so yeah. Right. <laughs> that's one way you can protect yourself there. But, uh, yeah, it's... But again, that then brings me back to my original point when we were saying earlier about young people and how we, you know, how we will happily share information. But that's on our own terms. And personally, with my Facebook, I mean, there are pictures on there from university that I'm not very happy with. So I have taken them off my Facebook and hidden them. So if anyone did go on it, they wouldn't see those photos. And you can do it. You can hide them. You can block them. You can change it. So they don't ever see that.
0: Right. Although, of course, they're still there somewhere, almost certainly.
1: They are, yeah, somewhere, and I'm sure a very clever person could dig them up, but I doubt an employer would be that bothered to dig that deep for those kind of photos. And also, I mean, unless you I know, did something really bad, I don't think there'd be much on there to stop you from getting a job, really.
0: Okay, well, that's good. Anyway, look, I think it's pretty time to have a quick summary of this. So I think what I'd like to do is ask you, do you have a sort of different yeah. view now having this discussion about how you're being surveyed, and also, I suppose one final thing is really as a woman, are you more worried someone could basically stalk you? I suppose using this technology.
1: Um, yeah, that does cons- oh, did concern me now, but now it does. Thanks, Clive. Um, <laughs> oh,
0: sorry, <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> that never really crossed my mind, but thank you for that. Um, I I was already quite aware of how far they can go, but um, I must say I'm not I'm not a massive fan of how far it could go as, in regards to how bad China's taken it. Like, I'm very happy in the way our country's running it right now, and if that's what they need to do for the safety of the country and and to keep people connected, fine. But where we are now, that's probably as far as I'd like us to go. If it went further than that, that's when I'd have problems.
0: Right. I just won't mention then that I just... Before this, um, I thought we've, we've got to tell everyone and I didn't say that um, we're, obviously we're keeping our special distance between us, but instead of being two meters, I can tell you it's actually 28.7 kilometers between us I checked with my go- my right. Google.
1: all <laughs> oh, right okay then there you go we definitely we definitely kept a law and that's Absolutely. good
0: oh <laughs> wait anyway, well thank you very much Chloe and um, nice to speak to you and I'm sure we'll want to do one of these again sometime soon um, and yes, um, definitely. I'll, uh, so thank you very much for your today and your views on this which i think is very interesting and um, thank, thank you. you thank you for listening to this podcast from the generation gap show here on radio verulam 92.6 fm i hope you enjoyed it and i hope you'll listen again to the show you can subscribe from itunes google play and of course from radio verulam's own website radioverulam.com